All right, we're rolling potion. All right, let's judge these things. Um, judge those or judge me because you were just hazing me. Uh, we're, ju- we're constantly judging each other, so uh-huh. that never ends. Yeah. Um, last place for me is the burial. That was, yeah, that was the burial. This was, it was just like, it, 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 it did not stand up to the rest of them. It really didn't. And No. Um, and it was our closeout night. I mean, we, we shut the place down and yeah, it was great. We just no, I talked about why. Beer. No, we yeah, it was yeah. hard to pick the right beer. Yeah, so yeah, you know whatever. Um, the rest of them were all good. The rest of them were all like you know upper level, but uh, to various degrees. Now what was that? There, there was one more. There was that magnanimous, juicer, the magnanimous, right? Yeah. Um. I would uh, from the top down perihelion, and then magnanimous, woven water, pendark, margoberry burial. Hey, what about the angry chair? Oh shit! Angry chair would. Between the magnanimous and the woven water. So. What's your order again? Perihelion. Pendark. What? Um, okay. No. No. no what, wait, he, he can judge it by his own. Perihelion. The Pendark to me is way up there. It was Yeah, it was really good. Um, Not judging. Yeah, no, I'll put that. You can judge me all you want. I no, I'm was... saying I'm, 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 it's fine. No. I was shocked. I don't know. Somewhere in there. There's a cluster of magnanimous, pendark, woven water. The angry chair is next. It was just, I thought there was too much cinnamon, too much stuff. Um, maybe I could bump that in front of the woven water. I'm not going to overthink it. Uh, the Margo and then the burial. I'm surprised the Margo is so low for you. Is it just the, the, the what it's against? It's the flight, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I think it's mostly the flight. All right. Top to bottom. Perihelion's on top. I think I'm with you. I think Pendark's number two. Um, Margoberry. I really liked it. Like, I, I, mean, I didn't bring it, you know, so I, I definitely liked it anyway, but I really, really enjoy that beer. Um, and it, to me, it's like it, it's great, uh, and like very, very close behind. Like really, like they they are, you know, photo finish is the uh, woven water with the margaret and then angry chair burial. My turn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, God. So I, I, yeah, I have to go with you guys. Jump your arms in the way. Um, this that I'm gonna mispronounce. Perihelion. Yeah, that. I'm definitely gonna have to go with that for first. Um, second, I'm going to have to go with the woven water mm-hmm. because that's just the style that I really, yeah. really enjoy. Um, look, that's a, that's a good and, choice for second and, place. Yeah, it's. Bursting with flavors. Um, and then I'm going to have to go with the... 
We didn't drink that one. Oh, it's still okay. full. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, I'm There's looking a at Bell's the different. Out, the Calibus just out that you brought up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, shoot. I can't do this. It's too hard. All right. If you didn't squish the, the cans and we could line them up, it'd be easier. <laughs> oh, the, um, where's the orange and white can? It, I don't know. That's, that was it? the juicy juice. The magnanimous. Yeah. Juice Lord. Juice Lord. Somewhere. Uh, so. Oh, no. Are we missing one? Did we forget one? It was here a second ago. Yeah. It disappeared. Um, well, anyways. That very was memorable, obviously. For me, it <laughs> I liked it better than big. woven water. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's true. It was the seven. It was the seven percent one versus nine. Yeah, yeah. Margaretberry. So okay, Margaretberry and Juice Lord to me were, were, right. were tied, and then then woven water, and then yeah. Okay. So we're gonna have to go with this Pembury one next, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna go with the Hot Farms Margaretberry. Yeah. Yeah. And. Well, sure, there's still some left. A little bit. What am I missing? So, burial, woven water. Burial, no. Oh, you already did. So, burial. Oh, angry chair. No, wait, no. Angry chair was. Everybody, I'm sorry. But, angry chair was. Don't apologize to them. Third. Whatever was (laughs) third just got moved to fourth and so on. And then the last one, which really surprises me. But it's burial, and that's just because Jeff bought the wrong beer. It didn't live. No, it's not your fault. I mean, we were both looking at him again. Didn't live up to the rest of the beers. I mean, like the rest of the beers were were considerably better. And it was it was very hard to find all of that beers and. All of that being said, if people were saying I got one day in Nashville, what brewery must I hit? I'm gonna say burial. Wait, yes. Yeah, we only tried they, one of them, and and yeah. and and I'll trust you that that that, that the rest of them were were you know, great. I mean, we're compa- there were a lot of really great beers here tonight. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this was a really good flight. So the burial wasn't there. Probably wasn't their best stacked up against some of these mm-hmm. you know, best in class. I'm I'm so pleased that this perihelion. <laughs> Turned out uh, yeah, to be a good beer because yeah. I paid for this thing. Well, I mean, it's like to me, if that caviar would have been like rotten or bad, that would have been like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you, you you pay 150 bucks for something, you want it to, to come yeah. out good. So yeah, you Yeah, I'm so pleased it's that worth this the beer premium. has yeah. has earned its I was sitting there, I'm like, if these guys can command these prices for these beers, they must be doing something mm-hmm. right, you know? That said I bet you. I mean, there are imperial they stouts weren't as good as burial. What are you? What are you pointing at? So Went to a place called Cellarist. Oh. They had some. They had some saisons. They had. Um, they were not. They were nice, but I mean, they, they weren't were burial. They were. No, they were not burial. Right, but now I said if I had to suggest one place in Asheville. Okay. Town. So, I don't think any of the listeners, if they're going to go, oh, let's 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 listen to Jeff. No. Yeah, <laughs> let's listen to the show and let's find out. You know what breweries do they recommend in Nashville? Well, we're we're not going to only recommend one. 
So I would definitely say that Cellarest Beer Project is definitely on the list. Why, why are you? This is her opinion. She's allowed to give her opinion. You're like, you're, you're hemming and hawing. Come on, man. That's her. Sure. Let okay. her have it. You had a lot of good things to say about them, too, and you enjoyed it, and we stayed for a while. There were a few beers that you really enjoyed. <laughs> you should see the look on we, Jeff's face. It's quizzical. One, like, I had, we each had one beer there. What are you talking you had, about, lady? We had one beer there. No. Yes, we did. I, I don't want to get in the way of this spat well, because it's good radio. Well, it but... Was, <laughs> It was a it was a long day, a fun day full of alcohol mm-hmm. and adventure. Um, Sounds like a good day already. Yeah, it was fine. It, I, she remembers Cellarist right. different than I do. I I've thought you really liked Cellarist. I liked what they had in the beer that I had, but we decided to move on after that first beer because the rest of the lineup wasn't that exciting. Okay, but I will say, I mean. If you're right and we only had one beer, fine. You're right. But <laughs> there were other breweries there that were good, but you still made mention a couple of times that Cellaris was really good. Cellaris was better than Archetype and Wedge. Yes. Definitely. Okay. But compared to Bamari and Dissolver, and things like that. None of them are worth it. Okay. Top five in Asheville that you've been to or we've been to. Regardless. Top five. Is this in order or just any order? Anywhere in Asheville. Any order. So like, but, but like it, in that it's not, vicinity. It's not like top like one to five, but top five of... You doesn't you, you have to put it in first to last, to, to, to fifth, right? You, right. But any order. Anywhere. I mean, I got three easy, right? I got Burial, Bamari, and Dissolver. The other two are a lot harder to fill out. It's going to not be great radio while I think through it. So, Alright. Yeah. All right. Let me mention that this Perihelion great. You know, winner, I think, of, of in all our hearts. However, you can get a Pretty great Imperial Stout for probably a quarter of the cost. Yeah. Just to make that clear to everybody. Yeah, no. I do not mean to say you have to spend $42 no, for no, a decent yeah, beer. Right. I am relieved that mm-hmm. I didn't throw out $42. <laughs> There's a difference there for sure. I don't know. I just took that taste again, which it's been a while. And um, It's been a while. Yes, man. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> okay. Love you guys. No, it's 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 a it's a gag. It's a gag. Uh, oh, I know. All right. It's not you. So, it's not you. It's a gag. Oh, I know. It, and then it's, it's from a different show even. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let, let's bore you some Go more. ahead. Um, <laughs> no, continue. No, please. I don't even know what I was talking about now. <laughs> you were talking about the perihelion. And how much you loved it. It's just, I'm taking another sip of it, and it is the best. Like, if you could close your eyes and imagine 
the best dark chocolate mm -hmm. with what's the amazing cherries? Uh, uh Luxardo. Okay, it's not dark mm. talk chocolate, but ca cacao. 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 Yeah. Excuse me. That's a new word. Sorry. Anyways, cacao mixed with Luxaros. Yeah, that's a, that, if that's you a would good close, call. If you closed your eyes and you thought about those two flavors bursting in your mouth at the same time. You might even sing, If you could only taste the beer in her hands, maybe you'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the beer is in my hand. <laughs> and you have more of it than any of us have left. I have a, I have a, uh, a few drops. She savors yeah. every, mm -hmm. every well, milliliter good. of it. That's good. I mean, we don't do that. She only has 125 to spare. So. Oh, my God. But seriously, it is just bursting with those it's, Oh, no, flavors. it's great. It's, it's fantastic. I, I, I pay... Oh, I would pay a lot of money for this chocolate. Yeah, Especially yeah. if it was in liquid form. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Like it, it's worth the money. I, that that's the the point. I think that 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 that's strongest to make. Yeah, it's it's expensive. It's worth the money. It's that's mm -hmm. the point I'm trying to get. That's right. it, it, it if you can't get it, you can find money. things that are pretty close to it that are probably going to be up to a quarter of the price. I'm, I'm happy. It's. I was worried that it was going to be like burial or something like that. A lot of the, well, a lot of the burial imperial stouts with flavors are over flavored. Right? Mm -hmm. They're 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 can they taste. They're approaching like mass-produced candy type flavors because there's so much in it, you know. And I am so thrilled that this one is so. It's it's not a it's not a subtle beer, but it's it's also not flamboyant. That it yeah. didn't go into the gratuitous category, you know. But let's talk about this pen dark because yeah, simple. Oh yeah, real simple, like delicious. But yeah, just. So, so much satisfaction in that. So, so much that it's just, it, it, it hit the spot. It was really good. Um, yeah, sure. Give me some of that, uh, Margaret Berry. Like, so the Margaret Berry is not simple. It's, uh, it's a complicated little thing, but I really enjoy how it's put together. I, I think that it, its construction to me is really, Really well done. Because you could go in a lot of different ways and make this really bad. Mm -hmm. You, I didn't want to bring this up in the main show because I don't want to like shit on a brewery. And this is, still isn't me shitting on a brewery. You like Hop Farm I do. way more than Shannon and I do. That's fine. Yeah, you know, we go there. They're fine. We don't be like, oh, I got it. Oh, you know. It's like, I, I feel the same way about Hitchhiker. Yeah. I mean, we all have our own opinions yeah. and... Yeah, that's that's. I don't. I don't dislike Hitchhiker. I think diverse, that they make good beers. Yeah, we have three very diverse mm -hmm. taste palettes. And that's good, here. right? You want that, right? I mean, yeah. if we all thought the yeah. same thing, then 
Yeah. That would be fun. I wasn't oh. trying to start a fight or anything. It just well, too late. No, oh, fuck. Oh, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. We finished up Ted Lasso just last night, mm. night before, and we started watching the wait, next. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't specify who we were. Me and my wife. There's, there's three my of wife. us on the show, so I'm yeah, okay. make sure that my the wife. listeners know. My wife. Ted Lasso is a show that I bounced off of because I tried two or three episodes when everyone was talking about how great it was, and I just like, I, I don't, I, I just don't see the appeal. It's... I'm he not was sure. in a bad mood. I'm not sure how to say. Maybe I mean, the feel Maybe. good parts are nice. The 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 dad jokes are nice. I mean, there's I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's fun about it. Um, no, like open I, your mind, Greg. I wasn't open offended by it like I am, but I, I do want to tell a story about the new Star Trek, which I was offended by. All right, <laughs> you're not allowed to talk about Star Trek until you finish. The conversation that we're just no, that's having. No, that's fine. And but so, what my point... Oh, wait, no. I, I'm pretty sure you need to watch more Ted Lasso. I don't feel like I need to. Once he... Once he I feel once like he I got no, 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 no. the gist. I know, but... No, wait, wait. I have wagering. tried. Is there here? really some we're, surprise we're by, in, some, in Ted Lasso that's going to shock you can, and like bewilder no, me? Like, it's I a, wasn't expecting that. Like, I mean, is there really something that's like going to... Gonna, change my mind about Ted Lasso to to such a degree that I need to watch more of it. You know, you have that soft spot. If there's a, a oh shucks, I feel good bone in your body, then you yeah, should watch it. But that if there's not soft spot. <laughs> there is, but it's occupied by other things. Oh well then you don't have it. So I guess maybe not. Ted Lasso <laughs> well, look, just look, isn't for you. Maybe, maybe you it's should not. go after and, and that's own, fine. It's fine. Listeners like, help me out here. We can we can we don't have to, like, you don't have to all like the same things. No, no. That's why we That all... said. It wasn't even the point of what I was starting to talk about. Well, Too bad. <laughs> Too bad for you, Jeff. Because we're on our own conversation now. But no, like, I, I'm. Wait, I think you are because I don't know where we're, what we were talking about. Oh, we're doing Ted Lasso. You told him he has to watch Ted Lasso. And I'm saying, well, like, yeah, I'm okay. saying, eh. But I'm saying, if I do watch more Ted Lasso, it's going to be way down on the list of other stuff that I have to watch. Because, look, I've, I've watched three or maybe two and a half episodes of Ted Lasso. And I was just like, where is that? Where's the hook? Where's the thing that's drawing me in? That's where we ended. You must have been in a really bad mood. I don't. I don't think I was. I could have been. I don't think I was. I, he, I, he doesn't like formulaic. Like it's. He doesn't like. They've engineered this to make me feel this way. Kind of stuff. You know. He, just he didn't want to feel good that night. No, like it's as an bad. example, like <laughs> I really enjoyed. Um, uh, what's what's the uh, severance. There was a mood to that. There, oh, that there, was, there was a really weird, like man. There, there was and, and it, it wasn't the story that I enjoyed it was the the atmosphere like mm-hmm. a lot like Legion which we also yeah, watched. Right? Yeah. The, there was this mood to the show. And the story really almost didn't matter so, so much as as If the, I had to think of a show that was like Ted Lasso with the the a similar letter, mm-hmm. level of absurd humor and things like that. The Good Place is kind of there. Okay, but The Good Place was a lot funnier. 
to me than Ted Lasso was. I did not laugh out loud at anything. I in Ted Lasso. never laughed at the Good Place. I, you I never. Did. You, you didn't give it. You didn't. Have I didn't enough. like it. You, you, okay. You well, there, there we go. The same thing. Jeff, I, I, I think you. Shit. I think you would had we dug in deeper. I tried. I think I watched an entire season. It, it was before we were together. That, that's, yeah, a, but, that's a lot of time to spend, uh, and I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't tell you you have to watch more. Spend. But like a lot of the the cheaty type humor is. Is in Ted Lasso, you know, it's it's very yeah, similar. Okay. But think, but there was, was more than cheaty type humor in yeah. Good Place. There was a well, lot of different humor, and there uh, were, and, and it was I, a lot of like I just said well one. written, sure. well crafted. I just stuff. said okay, one. I did sentence. not feel like Ted Lasso to. was particularly well crafted. I thought that it was it's presenting a mood, and that was fine. But I wasn't really, I didn't feel that. Like, and then here's an example of a show that I expected to hate. And I really enjoyed it because of how well constructed it was. Andor. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I I'm not a Star Wars fan. It's the right? only Star Wars show she likes. Only I'm, one. I'm not a Star Wars fan at all. Only one. And it was great because it was it was well it was well constructed. The story was well done. The yeah. the the way the story was told, the way that the characters were written, it was really well crafted. And I would I was. Even though the first, it, it takes a little bit to get going, mm-hmm. but it really feels lived. The, it makes the world feel lived in. It makes you know the atmosphere of oppression is palpable. Even and, the, even the beginning where it takes a while to get going, especially for someone who grew up Star Wars, is mm-hmm. like okay, what like what's the angle here? Yeah. You know, so like there was this anticipation mm-hmm. for the let's figure out what the mood is thing. You know? And then so. just the structure of it was great. The way how the, the climax happens in the middle and then everything else is, is, uh, is consequence. And, um, and, and there were great monologues. This is a star Wars thing. And there were well-written monologues in it. Like that is, that that is not. Didn't, didn't what George I Lucas make a, a clause saying you can't have well written <laughs> yeah, monologues? There's nothing well written in Star Wars. It's just adventure and it's fun. But this is this is the opposite. I mean, everything that it was every time it, tr- it it looked like it was going to turn into adventure, it it swerved the other way. And it said, "This is not you know a fun adventure story. This is this is the consequence of living in, in a in, in in a fascist regime. Like, this is." Not fun. This is a fight. This is a struggle. How, how do you feel about the the comic relief in Andor, which is the lady that runs the repair shop and the, her droids and stuff? Like, like I, look, comic relief is fine. If you don't have any comic relief, you just have melodrama, and that mm-hmm. and that doesn't like drama with comedy is drama. Like the Sopranos was a very could be a very funny show. I didn't think mm-hmm. Andor was particularly funny, yeah. but having comic relief is. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Breaking well, up the. I wouldn't say she was funny, yeah. but it was it was C three PO, like she yeah, was no, the C three PO. That that's fine. Breaking up stuff with a little bit of you know just a little bit of lightness, that's fine. Because if if everything's oppressive and dark, and and there's not a little something in there, whether it's like in Legion, it's like the weirdness, and in in, in Severance, it's the weirdness of something. Yeah. Right? And occasionally the humor too, and and, and the performances, like. And that's the thing is I think that in Andor the performances sold it in, in that they didn't react to it like it was supposed to be funny. They react to it like it was just part of their world and just that they, they dealt with and 
It was it just was the situation. And I think that yeah, in even in a like if you're living in okay, let, let me use an extreme example, but let's say you have somebody, you know, living in, in a gulag in the Holocaust, there's still gonna be funny moments that happen. Yeah. Because we're human and just that that happens and then you know silly situations occur. And you can break up you can break up something with a with a funny moment. Especially when you need a moment of relief. Yeah. In like the worst. Yeah, if it were just oppression, then that on its own gets tiresome and overwhelming. So no, I, I don't have any problem with, with that. Because what there was, even if I don't think it was particularly well constructed humor, that doesn't matter because it wasn't overbearing and it didn't it didn't okay. distract from the rest of the show. Like to me, that is calling that like a sin. It, I mean, it, it makes something maybe a little imperfect, but imperfection sometimes sometimes adds to some beauty, right? Sin, what's your name? Uh, Cindy Crawford is a mole, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that still, but but that makes her even more beautiful somehow, right? Like the the, I think that something that is just altogether oppressive isn't as good as something that has those moments that that break the tension that just give you a little bit of a, of a respite from the overbearing thing. And because that mood was so well done, it didn't matter that there was little moments of, of, of comedy. Yeah, no, it was totally, it was, by the way, those who are wondering, Shannon has left to take me to the bathroom. So yeah. she'll be back. It was a total break from every star Wars thing. Yeah. Very, no very different, which magic, is probably why no. I liked it so much. Yeah, there's no Jedi's, there's no lightsabers. There's, I don't think there was. There may have been a one mention of "May the Force be with you." There was, I think, in terms of like space battles, there was a very brief one where he escaped from things. Like, like in twelve episodes, there was maybe like a minute in, devoted to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think eight, the main force be with you was like okay, whatever, bro. Right? Like, yeah, because, okay, old man. Because that ain't you know that that shit ain't ain't gonna sell when you're under this you know <clears throat> under the boot of this fascist regime. Mm-hmm. There was a real point of view to that show. Fascism is bad, and either you are a com- an accomplice, or you fight it, or you are smushed by it. There's no. There's no other option. You can't just, I mean, because every, because what he tried to do, right? What I, I do think that one of the issues with the show, if there is, you know, if, if you can call this so much of an issue, is that the main character, Andor, isn't as interesting as the rest of the show around him. But he tries to, part of it is because he tries to avoid confrontation. He tries to get away from it every time he can, and he just keeps getting squished. Mm-hmm. Because, as you see by the other two major stories going on, you either fight it, or you align with it, or you're part of it, or you get squished. That those are your options. You can't just ignore it. Yeah. And it was great at showing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back. It's been a while since I watched it, right? Because you had the. He had the regimental guard guy who was trying to up and come, and right, you know, yeah. and his boss was saying, "Ignore it." And he has this weird, like, psychosexual relationship with the with the woman, which is all this, this sort of dominance 
hierarchy thing, mm-hmm. and but that's what they're into. So it, so they so like they eventually connected at the end, and it was like this weird. Yeah, there, there, there's a there's a lot of like nuance in there mm-hmm. that I was not expecting. Yeah, and they had the dumb droid that did blah 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 blah. You know the the bd 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 like Buck mm-hmm. Rogers yeah. <laughs> voice thing. But I was like fine with it because there was so much else to really enjoy about it that that. And then after that, I have been watching. I started to watch the latest season of Mandalorian. And oh, I'm sure that sucks, right? I, I've heard it, it's. Yeah, it's and I I once when they when they did this the, the end of the second season of The Mandalorian that ruined my my interest in the show. So I mean they're if the, if you can call it a focus, they're focusing on Mandalore culture and like, you know, having the Why should I care? It's like a, it's is there anything canon. is there anything interesting about Mandalore culture? Is there anything that like like the 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 Andor thing, fascism is bad. Speaks to us today as a you know the whole sci fi reflects us. What does the Mandalore reflect in us? This basic warrior culture no, bullshit. Yeah, right? no, it's warrior culture stuff. It's you know belief in creed and blah blah blah, and you know they get decimated by giant sea creatures that attack and. Which is st- some which is, Aquaman fucking bullshit. They, they got like fucking like jetpacks and laser beams Wakanda in a sea, forever kind and of a sea nonsense. creature takes out like ten of them. Like what? And uh, I don't know. It's maybe I'm optimistic that like because Andor's good that they'll like <laughs> tie it in. But is there like is there a story that needs to be that, that that like needed to be like some you could tell somebody needed to tell a story so somebody had well I mean this is the interesting thing of the whole Disneyification of Star Wars right is they're just gonna milk they're gonna squeeze every drop out of every facet of the universe what are you doing with Marvel like yeah I mean I haven't watched Kenobi yet. Is it any good? I don't know. It's out, right? I don't even know if it's out. Oh, I yeah, think it's yeah, out. it's been out. Yeah. I haven't watched it either. Is it any good? Do you know? I don't think it's very good, from what I understand. I don't, I don't think it's, like, terrible. But is it good? It ain't Andor. Nothing uh, Nothing that I know of in Star Wars is on mm-hmm. that level. Andor was on a level above what I expected from Star Wars. Which is crazy, because it came out of, like, not even like the main story. Like maybe yeah. that's what's good about it. But like Rogue One wasn't good. Well, that yeah, didn't no, come out of the main yeah. storyline. What's interesting is is they found a thing in Star Wars to magnify and make really and 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 focus on and found that there were so many interesting stories to tell there. And I do believe you can do that with any setting if you if you do the effort. Mm-hmm. But I think that Star Wars is so so often defaulted to just we're going to do an adventure, you know, we're going to do a basic adventure, blah blah blah, that they you you lose like when you keep just re- re- going back to that. How many times can you reiterate that mm-hmm. and and keep something fresh about it, something new about it? What excited me about Endor was that this was. They take this very lived in, well, like well drawn setting, and then make it come to yeah, life no, by bringing in. I agree. Into- I mean, I have more romanticism in the whole thing than you do. Like, yeah. 
especially with the time things came out. Star Wars Rebels came out. Max was of that age. We watched every episode together with him under my arm. So totally romantic. Remembering that kind of thing. So anything that was like, oh, Mandalorian has the the you know Sabine Wren and Bo Katan and stuff like okay like that's cool it's a nice tie in and now like Ashoka's Ahsoka's episode series is going to have meanwhile aside from Andor and I guess Mon Mothma there were no other characters you ever heard of in Andor yeah. and yet it was yeah. No, no, I know. Super interesting. I know. Dude. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, like, okay, no, no, so, no. like, I, I don't th- know if Shannon's coming back. I'm going to mute her mic just so we don't get as much at room echo. <laughs> the, um, I don't know. So we've had this conversation ad nauseum. I get invested in things. I like to see where the story well, goes. So, like, part of me wants to see where this whole, um, Star Wars Rebels storyline goes because it goes. Through Mandalorian, it goes through Ahsoka, it go you know, and part of that. Now, I don't know. Like I, I have, I am not prioritizing watching of these things. Uh, I don't think I have Disney Plus right now. You know, like so, like I have to re up it to get you know some of these things. Um, have you seen the Spider Man into the Spider Verse? I saw there's oh so you showed me the the first one, yeah. And yeah. There's a new one. There's a new the one. Same and it's also name, fantastic. But it has like the it, it, same it's, name. It's or across the spider. Across. Oh, so yeah. it's, like I'm like, are they? Really? I think it's across. Yeah. It's I, great. It's I, great. I, I saw the. It's also great. I saw the trailers, and I was very confused whether it was a re-release or like no. It's I, a. It's a. It's a. But into sequel. versus across, yeah, and and, and it's it's the Empire Strike Back of a trilogy, okay, and it's that well and, and it's that well done. It's it's fantastic. Like I I really I do think that these two Star these two Spider Man movies are the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Let me go make sure Shannon's okay. Okay, I'm gonna pause. Okay, and we're back. All right, we. Are I don't back. think Shannon will be joining us. No, the booze. She's fine, but she's just yeah, she's so a little tuckered out. Take a nap. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention because I brought this up a little bit. Star Trek. Okay. So, did I talk about Star Trek Picard at all to you? Probably. Star Trek Picard is the show that's like. I'm going to let Cooper out of his crate so he's not Okay. So we're just going to deal with this click clacking clause yes. instead. So, well, let me pause it for a second because I need, because I wanted. In... All right. So, similar to when Disney got Star Wars, right? Paramount said, all right, we're, we're making a bunch of Star Treks now. They made Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. which I tried to like. There were some things about it that I sort of appreciate, but after. Seeing uh, the latest season, I, I'm not interested in it anymore. They made two animated shows. Both of them... Really? I didn't know about that. One is, is Lower Decks, which is a comedy, and I really do enjoy it. One is Prodigy. It's, it's really well done, but it's it's just not for me. But it's very... I think it, it's it's very sort of... In, it's similar to the Star Wars Rebels, you know, that, that okay. kind of thing. Again... And I think it's it's really well done. I I actually you know I did I did watch all of it. It just in terms of like, am am I gonna? 
does it does it feel I don't know it, it's just it it wasn't I, I I might watch more of it 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 it's not like super for me though. Lower decks is a funny comedy about. He is like these oysters smell yeah. amazing. <laughs> but Star Trek Picard was they got Patrick Stewart back and they and he was and they were going to do a show about sort of you know the 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 post enterprise the, the post like Federation life of this you know famous captain of of, okay. of this show and that's what the first season was and. It it tried some interesting things, and it was really, really very half baked, and you could tell they didn't really have an end in mind, and it kind of and and it, it very much petered out and then turned into a very standard thing. And it was, I think that there were some interesting ideas going on, but it was, it it was just, I don't know, Mandalorian season two kind of, okay. Season two of Picard was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It was unfucking believable how terrible this was. This was there was a a story kind of introduced in the first episode. It was resolved in the back half of the last episode of ten. What happened in the middle was meaningless. <laughs> Yet it was all kind of like, what's gonna happen? Is there there's a secret? There's a secret in this box, you know? What's gonna be in the secret? And nothing was interesting, and it was all also super cheaply done because they went back in time, so they got to shoot right in L.A. Mm-hmm. And oh god, that, I wait, they were shooting in the 21st century. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it, and it was. Isn't that God. what was the Star Trek with the whales and the and and they and they made reference to that and it and it just made them look poorer because of how much better Star Trek Four was and I'm not a, like everyone loves Star Trek Four I'm not a huge fan of Star Trek Four but it's so much better and that that doesn't help by the way i can hear you chomping just as no okay. <laughs> i'm holding it on the cough button while yeah. i'm chewing a potato chip but no no bueno no bueno um but okay so season 2 was one of the worst things i've ever seen like it was as bad as as poorly constructed and as and, and as just horribly structured as a show could possibly be i hated it and in the middle of season like uh, i guess we're on episode six of of season two they announced that season three was going to have everybody from tng in it everybody everybody all all the main characters from tng yeah yeah um all, all the main characters at least in the middle of the not they didn't wait till season two was over they knew how bad season two was, and in the middle, they announced it's going to have every all the characters in it. So they're like, "Okay, this sucks, but hey, season three is going to be, every, you know, it's going to go, go back to its roots. We're going to do TNG again." That's where Brett Spiner gets like, "Oh boy, I get the name well, of my price." Here's the funny fucking thing: Brett Spiner's in all three seasons of Picard. Oh, oh okay, he plays well, different characters. Well, whoever, whoever else, yeah, no, they, they, and and and. 
if there's anything, if there's any good thing about Star Trek Picard, it's that, hey, these actors got money. And these people behind the scenes, you know, who are like the, the people who are like the production designers, they got mm -hmm. money. Great. I'm happy for them. As a piece of art, it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Star Trek. So season three just aired like a couple months ago. And as I said, season two is one of the worst things I've ever done. I've ever seen. Season three was not quite as bad, but I almost hate it more because of how much it just leaned on naked nostalgia not even like okay here's one example there is they go to a starfleet fleet museum over half of the ships and and definitely all the ships that they highlighted in this fleet museum which is you know starfleet's a big organization in, in this world were things from shows that we've watched <laughs> it was not a starfleet museum it was star trek museum star trek being like a, the fiction you know the the bit of stuff that we've seen it was just stuff from ds9 and voyager and okay the original but series couldn't you cage that in the whole thing of we've only seen the the um the macarthur kind of things you know well no because where... i think that part of to me at least to me and and one of the things that i remember reading when I was a fan of of Star Trek back in TNG days, was that the assumption was that all the ships got into crazy stuff. Space is crazy. Space has so many like different shit going on. That was kind of the premise of, okay. of Star Trek. Was that like th there's just so much out there that there's a twilight zone of different of of all different types of stories you can tell because there's so much out there in space. Space is okay. endless. Okay. So the idea that, that the only stuff that should be highlighted is the stuff that we've seen is anathema to me to the, to the very concept, the very core of Star Trek, which is that, no, there should be incredible mm -hmm. stories from these other ships yeah. that we just haven't heard. So <clears throat> makes sense. Sounds lazy. It sounds like very lazy. Disney has done a better job with Star Wars of elucidating some of these side stories. Perhaps, because let me tell you what happened in the... Okay. Last episode of the show. So they did the same thing they did in season two where they had this mystery box bullshit. They kept like one of the you knew from the very beginning of I'm going to use Andor again because Andor was excellent uh, and, and comparing it to, to Picard is unfair. But that's fucking Picard's fault, not not anyone else's fault. You you knew from the very beginning who the antagonist was. There was no mystery about who they were and what they were. And that didn't hurt anything. There was, in, in, in if anything, it made the show better. The fact that they did not reveal who the main antagonist of the show was until episode, until the third act of episode nine of a 10 episode <laughs> series. What kind of bullshit is that? Why can't Suspense? you introduce, like, like, even if you think about like a movie like a movie where there's some suspense about something around the second act, you get, you get an idea of who the enemy is. You need to know cause you need to first get like your, your, your initial thing. And then you get an idea of who the bigger enemy is. Like, let me go back to star Wars. First, you think the stormtroopers are kind of crazy, 
but you get this this quick scene of like Darth Vader, and then you realize that there's this whole Death Star thing. That's why you know that's a that's a even bigger threat <laughs> than just the stormtroopers. And that happens what you know midway through the movie because mm-hmm. that's when you know you, they overcome the stormtroopers on on. Uh, on the planet, and then they get in the space, and then you know, th- these guys blew up a, another fucking planet. There's a there's a bigger threat than we thought, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they get they escape at the princess, but they were tracked, so you know you, you weren't as smart as you were. Like there, there's it was it's Star Star Wars, the original. It's kind of one big chase scene, but it it's well done. It's well mm-hmm. constructed. You know who the enemy is. There's nothing wrong with knowing who the enemy is. If anything, that gives your that that gives the drama more propulsion. Having it be a mystery is only interesting if that mystery is going to change the way you look at everything that was there before. Right? It's going to change the entire like if everything is so it makes sense now in this new format where things either weren't making sense or, or you had this different idea, but now you see, Oh, there's this deeper thing. And it is that much deeper that, that holding it off. made it. But no, there was nothing there. It was just a different enemy. Right. And the, the last, the last episode is a gigantic, moon-sized Borg cube that the Enterprise D flies through like the Millennium Falcon in Return of the Jedi to blow up. It is literally that. It is nostalgia for shit that isn't even Star Trek. <laughs> and it is in... I, I was mad and talking to the screen and saying, fuck you. Fuck you, I would. I I had, I was incensed by this, and I want to make this clear. I blame myself for watching this, not them for making this bullshit. They make bullshit. That's what they do. I blame myself for putting myself through it when I knew it was going. <laughs> I knew it was going to be this bad, mm-hmm. and I still watched it. So, you know, Mia Copa. Do you think Paramount has? Well, here, Any fortitude to make a good Star Wars well, story? Uh, Star, Star Trek? Trek? I mean, Star? I think Lower Decks is good. And mm-hmm. I think that they can do it. And I think Prodigy is, is good for what it is. And and probably you, you might, since you like the you know the Star Wars Bad Batch or whatever, the, you know, the clone mm-hmm. Rebel, Rebels, it's the same kind of like animation mm-hmm. style and and concept, you know, that, you know, kid-friendly but also adult-friendly type thing. But with sort of, you know, more of a Star Trek bent to it. And it does feel more like Star Trek than and than any of the live action shit. So if anything, you know, that would be the one I'd recommend to you because Lower Decks only sort of makes sense if you're like a, a big TNG and DS9 fan. So if anything, Prodigy would be the one I would say, yeah, if you were going to watch a new Star Trek, watch that one. Because I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it. Uh unironically. But yeah. Okay. What Star Trek Picard season three did to me is it lowered my uh, it, it it turned off that bit of my brain that considered Star Trek above other things. It lowered my standard and lowered my conception of what Star Trek is. I now feel Star Trek is 
on par, if not kind of worse than other franchises. Where before I had it in my head, Star Trek was, you know, I like Star Trek more than Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. Now, Star Trek Picard fucking ruined Star <laughs> Trek for me. It made me hate the concept because one of the really big reasons is because people loved it. Star oh, Trek no. fans ate that shit up. And it made me realize what I like about Star Trek ain't what other people like about Star Trek. And you're not going to get any more of it. And I'm not going to get any more of, of what I like out of Star Trek if this is the shit that So, sells. I mean, the stuff you liked about Star Trek, let's, let, me, let me try to see yeah. if I can paraphrase it, right? It was like episodes of The Next Generation which were kind of Twilight Zone-ish, where they had paradoxical impl- mm-hmm. implications or things like that. Well, it, it was almost like there was a meta before meta aspect of the show where you could do a fucking detective noir. You could do a, a Shakespearean tragedy. Oh, you could so do, it was more of a community thing where they were doing different genres all you in the could, same show. It was, it was a platform for you to do a whole bunch of different types of stories. Right, you know the same characters in the same ship, but they're but it's and and there are you know relationships to stay constant, and as long as those are well written, you know you as long as the characters are are, are the same and they're you know and and they maintain themselves, you get to enjoy the characters, and you also get to enjoy then these new things that are, you get to do these, these well done pastiches of different genres. Mm-hmm. You you get to explore all these different ways. That that's the Twilight Zone aspect that I that, that I'm talking about is that you get to explore all these different types of of uh of stories just with this one structure. Whereas well, think about the 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 era where the next generation was airing. Mm-hmm. That is, it was. There was empty. There was none of that. That was avant-garde as hell. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. like let's do community, but fifteen, twenty years earlier. Right. I mean, it was still a procedural, right? It still had that that same structure to it. But, but I mean, the risk. But the, of, the, no, yeah, they were they were doing some crazy shit, and they were doing some cool shit. And when they did just do sort of straight sci-fi stories, because hey, they did twenty-two episodes a season, right? They had, you know, there were some stinkers in there for sure. When they 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 also had good cool new sci fi concepts that they played with when they didn't when it wasn't just like we're gonna do a a, a western episode or you know they were like we're gonna do a cool I mean there there were plenty of shitty episodes but they were like we're gonna do a, this is a cool sci fi premise Let, let's explore this a bit yeah I mean I was way too young to know mm-hmm. what tropes were right then right I remember me watching too. me too I remember watching a lot of TNG it was. So it, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. I watched it on like Saturdays, right mm-hmm. before we go to church Saturday night. So I'd watch it like right before we go to church Saturday night. Yeah. And um, I, I never really watched the Star Wars movies. I knew a little bit about Wrath of Khan and the uh-huh. the earworms that gave me nightmares right. and shit like that. But I watched. A lot of TNG, I think. Uh-huh. It seemed like a lot. At my age, it seemed like but I watched was, a lot of episodes. It was comforting because there, there were, you know, characters that you understood and, and you know, the, the relationships weren't crazy. But Doctor was hot. I mean. Yeah, yeah. 
the to me for me the counselor was hot, but hey, or whoever you do was. you, you do you. Counselor, um, they were both hot. I mean, they weren't none that. It was the eighties. No one on TV <laughs> was unattractive, but <laughs> you know, you, you each have your you have your fetishes, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better word. But they, they you know, it, it was a well done. TV, especially after the, the first two seasons, which were kind of, you know, there, there was something there, but they they hadn't figured it out yet. And then once they got the third season, they really they really figured out what they were doing. So yeah, it was, it was good TV. It, it was well done television, mm-hmm. uh, and the movies that existed, some of them were okay, and some of them were good, and some of them were kind of shitty. It wasn't like Star Wars, which had three really good movies. Star Wars banked on this drought of content mm-hmm. for a long time. And this they they manufactured their own nostalgia because there was so little content. What content there was was, you know, relegated to like books and comics and things like that, mm-hmm. which most people didn't have exposure to anyway. So there there were things that were made, but then and, and a lot of that stuff was in, in uh, almost I, I do think brilliantly turned into toys that then people made their own content for themselves in their heads right that 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 sort of idea that lucas had was let's merchandise this shit made people fall in love with star wars more than almost anything else because they had these these stories that they built in there i mean i'm totally in there right like that was i was the kid i didn't have the coolest star wars toys but my favorite toys were star wars toys. yeah because thinking all the stories you could tell that all the cool adventures you know you could go Mm -hmm. no like i said there for for all his failings george lucas had it's definitely notes of brilliance the toys oh my god the toys and they were well-made toys, right? They weren't mm-hmm. like completely shitty fall-apart toys. I mean, I had Transformers and GoBots, too, mm-hmm. right? I had a lot of GoBots because my family was frugal, and they weren't fucking Transformers. Right. <laughs> Which is weird, is because I, as I understand it, GoBots came first. Really? But, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. I would have always painted the narrative as GoBots were the cut-rate Transformers. Mm-hmm. In the early 80s, saying let's make a premium product is kind of weird. I wouldn't expect that. But later, in later generations, in the 20 teens, I would have said let's make a premium. If you go back and like watch a Transformers cartoon, you realize this is not a premium product. This is just a A toy store. This is a 20 minute commercial for the toys. The toys toys were were superior. Yes. Yes. The toys were die cast metal and they were well constructed and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, they were better toys. They were considerably better toys. Uh, they were more complicated in terms of how they transformed, right? All, all, all the, and, and I took a fucking gun to kindergarten for show and tell. <laughs> but a Star Wars, a Transformers, yeah, right, the, the Megatron, Megatron, right? yeah, yeah. yeah which, which, and I was so mad because Joey Mans, Joe, Joe. Joe Man, Joe Man, fucker. What's his last name? Mancini, he, Joe Mancini. He fucking brought Megatron, and he got to go before me. Oh my so god! So meanwhile, I'm up there with my Megatron. Everyone's already seen Megatron. You should have been like, I have Megatron too. 
such it was the most emasculating thing what, I've gone through. Have, I think you would not have thought of that because you were that you were young. There's no way you could have come up. You weren't. You didn't have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was being like, yeah, it, no. it's a replica of a German pistol. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a real. That's a real award winner right there. Huh? But, but when you think about it. No, when you really like, if you really think back to it, no one was paying attention anyway, so, because you didn't care about anybody else's. No, <laughs> all of my little ponies and shit yeah. that were there. <laughs> they could have done the, four of the same in a row. Three, you ca- you, three cabbage patch kids and noticed. two of my little ponies, and the same. And then all the boys thing. brought transformers. You wouldn't have fucking noticed at all. <laughs> If only we had that kind of perspective when we were kids. At least there was only two Megatrons. There was mm-hmm. probably like seven Optimus Prime. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even. I, I don't think I asked my parents to get a Megatron because I knew they hated guns, so they probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, and yeah, that thing looked like it legit looked like a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, there was no orange shit on it or anything. It just nope. looked like a fucking gun. Oh, the eighties. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so. Back to the to the main point. Yeah, Picard ruined Star Trek for me. Literally ruined it for me. Like, like how I would have felt if I was a super Star Wars fan and I watched uh, what was the episode nine? Episode. The. I mean, episode one. Rise of Skywalker. Of, episode one was but like, but bad. like, Rise of Skywalker was just like. Nothing I, fucking redeeming about this whatsoever. I'm trying. I mean, it, maybe it's the beers, but I'm thinking like the prequels were worse. No, than the prequels the- were terrible, but there was a spark of an idea there. Like you could have done something with that. Then George Lucas was lazy as fuck at that point. I didn't put any effort into it. If he had put effort into it. Oh, so you're saying if the filmmaking wasn't lazy? Yes, because the story structure could have worked. Okay. If the filmmaking wasn't lazy as fuck, and like, and those actors did the best they could with that dialogue, but boy, that that was that was shitty dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So and the filmmaking and the dialogue was better. That could be a story. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. Like there, it, the story of somebody falling to the dark side isn't a terrible story, and and, and you can. You can make that compelling. You totally could have made that good, but not with Aiden Christian or whatever his name was. I don't know what the fuck the story was in those last three <laughs> movies. Like, what's the what's the overall story? Nostalgia, baby. Exactly. Nothing else. Which is why I hate it. You know, which is why Picard destroyed yeah. because that nostalgia thing that is that's poison. When, when Ray got jumped into that Millennium Falcon and. And flew out of the atmosphere. I was in tears, baby. I mean, I'll tell you, nostalgia sucks until it gets you. <laughs> I I am. They, they made a huge deal in this in this season part. They brought back the Enterprise D, the sh- you know, the, the the ship from and who fucking cares? It's a spaceship. There are there one in a million in these shows. Uh, the whole fucking point of Star Trek is things keep moving and evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. Like, that things get better and better. I don't want to see the old ship. I want to see the new fucking shit that you do now. Like, that's the cool thing. What's the new thing that we've done? The fact that the bringing back the old ship is what makes people 
like the people like I cried when I saw it. I was like, I fucking yelled at the screen. Fuck you. <laughs> if, 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 there were, if there was crying, it was out of pain because God, it, I don't want to see that. If I want to see that shit, I'll watch Star Trek TNG. I have, you know, the, I fucking had videotapes of it, right? Like, I can go back and watch those. I don't want to see that shit again. Every story beat, literally every story beat that I can think of in in the show has been done better by something else. And there was not a new, like sometimes you you can take an old story beat and do a new spin on it, mm-hmm. like do yeah. a new take on it. There were no new takes in the entire fucking season. There was no new take on anything. Everything was just repeats of shit that we've seen before, either in Star Trek or in other things. I, it broke me. It broke my my appreciation for Star Trek as a franchise. It's it done. I don't know anyone that I've seen or talked to who has who has had this reaction to it. I'm the only one I know of who has had this visceral a just absolute disgust but well i mean part of star trek part of what you got out of it back then was breaking new ground yeah so when this was like when they bank so heavily on rehashing old content old tropes old it's just the tropey tropey trope trope yeah and and it's kind of why i said fuck you to screen because i felt like they were saying fuck you to they were telling me, fuck you. Fuck you. This is Star Trek. What, what you're going to watch. Of, you, they're telling you, you're going to watch Star Trek because you love Star Trek. Right. Not, Not because, because you it, want a good it's story. It's interesting and there's good stories and there's cool stuff that's happening and, and there's new things being explored, new new way, new like, just, yeah, new stories or at least new something interesting happening no it's a you just you just like pew pew lasers and and you like phasers and transporters and and warp drive it it, this like lightsabers and Mm. and the force and no that's not what i like about star trek but how representative are you of i don't know you know that's the thing like yeah i I don't know if people like go uh, apparently i'm not very representative at all right the point is TNG happened in the nostalgia back, right? There's a nostalgia back. Right. I just coined that term, I think. I like but, it. But, you know, there's a certain window uh-huh. of the past, which is ripe for picking nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. And TNG happened there. Yeah. And if you're only about making the money, it's not about the great storytelling. Yeah. It's about... The pew pews. It's it's about the those iconic things that you can remember. It's about the photon torpedoes. Yes, yes. It's about the transporters mm-hmm. and the, the guy with the big eyebrows. The fucking yeah, the forehead, the, 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 the wharf, and 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 the Ferengi and the Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Those are and and the Borg. Remember the fucking Borg. Scary. Oh, the Borg scary. are so scary. Do something new and interesting? No. Let's show all the old ships that you've seen before. Look, they're in pretty 4K now. Aren't isn't that cool? Oh. Aren't you crying? If fuck you. If only Fuck a you. Third of the people feel your way, it's still worth it. 
Yeah, no, clearly. That's the problem. Like, like, that's that. That is the fucking problem from my perspective, at least. Because yeah, god damn it. God, I, 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 it. I mean, I've, I've tried. I, I, it's hard for me to express the disgust that I have at what happened, and and and, and at that, and at that this was loved because it 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 almost is like telling it is it's telling me that I was so fucking wrong. About what I like that, that that what I appreciated about Star Trek was the exact opposite of what people love Star Trek for, and that's why it it destroys Star Trek in my mind because clearly maybe, this is not the thing that I thought it was. Maybe you like Star Wars for the or Star Trek for the wrong reasons. Maybe I did. I I think that if this is the way that Star Trek continues to evolve, I definitely did. And what it made me do is, like, there was a point where I would have watched anything with Star Trek on it. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Anything new that comes out, I will wait until, you know. The people I see. mean, it sounds like, you probably know this, this isn't going to be revolutionary, revelationary, but the things you're looking for happen in fiction. You know, you need to read sci-fi to get the things you're looking for. Yeah, but I'm like, no, I read stuff all the time. But no, I mean, just saying, like, expecting it in a mass media thing, TNG is probably like this miracle conjunction of no, things. No, happening. no, 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 fuck you. No. Okay. Babylon 5 did interesting things. Okay. Farscape did interesting things. The, the Expanse did interesting things. Okay. No, no, no. Right. I fucking disagree with that all completely. Right. Take it back. You can, right. you can do interesting TV shows, you can do old. Stuff that 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 builds in in new ways, fucking Andor, right? You can do stuff that's good, even if it's attached to a franchise. The, these Mar- the, these Spider Man movies are fucking Marvel. I mean, they're not MCU Marvel, but they're Marvel. Mm, the, no. Fucking how big is Marvel? Doesn't matter. It's good. It doesn't. If it's good, it doesn't fucking matter. What it's attached to. It doesn't matter that it's a piece of consumerist shit. It's good. That's so much more important yeah. than any of the other shit. What's the... I hear you. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just asking probing questions. Yeah. And probing Please. question is like... Consumer media. Mass media is just playing the odds. It's ro- it's taking bets. You yeah. Know? And like, okay, so we have... Yes, Yes, and that's my so, point. So is- we have a million dollars to spend this year. We're going to put eight hundred thousand into Schlock, and we'll invest mm-hmm. two hundred thousand into the innovative shit. Yeah, you know, like that. That's what's going to happen. No, and 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 what Star Trek taught me was a lesson that I'm glad I was that now I'm glad I was taught, which is that just because there's a name of something you like on it doesn't mean it's going to be one of the good things. There are good things that happen. There are good TV shows that are going to be made that have nothing to do with things that you like, that you think that you think that you like, but they're going to be great. There are going to be TV shows that are going to be under the the guise of a thing that you like, but they're not going to be any good. That indicator, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, has lost its meaning. Mm-hmm. It has lost its value. Good things happen, and you got to. Look for them and explore and try to find them, and 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 use guides. Yeah. You know, so it sounds like, like you've that. lost your default in the stuff with the Star Trek titles. Yes. 
it's going to have to like get good reviews yes. before you check it out. Exactly. You know? And there's going to have to be other examples of, of people finding this good. That's what critics are for. They're, they're, they're a tool to help guide you. They're not right and wrong necessarily. They're just, if a lot of them are saying something is good, it's like a compass pointing in a direction. That's the way you got to look at critics. Like that, that's the way I think you got to look at like Rotten Tomatoes, right? People look at that number and they think that percentage means how good a movie is. No, that percentage means how likely you are to like a movie. Hmm. If the percentage is near 100%, you're probably going to like a movie. You might not think it's the best movie ever made, but you're probably going to enjoy it. It doesn't mean it's the fucking best movie ever. One Cut of the Dead is 100%. I think nearly anybody who watches that... <laughs> you know, she, she didn't say wait for the whole thing. She, she oh, didn't say wish. wait for the whole thing. But nearly anybody who, who watches that and who gets through it will really appreciate it. It's not, gonna, it's not the best movie you ever fucking saw. Mm-hmm. It's not like, God, this is, this is in my top ten of movies. No. Is it fucking enjoyable? Yeah. Did I have a smile on my face when I was done with it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The um, One of the things that brought this whole long conversation up was we just finished Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. And the number two show on Apple TV Plus right now is Platonic. The show with Seth Rogen. The premise is, I forget the other actor's name. It's a man and a woman who were friends in high school and college. Life happened. But Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen. Right. Yeah, I'm saying the right name, right? Yes, yeah, Seth Rogen is Seth yeah. Rogen. You're correct. Yeah. That, that is a true statement. That is the... I wanted to make sure I Logically, wasn't... that is the law of identity. Oh, uh, a equals A. For a second, I thought I was saying Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm like, I... that's not what I meant. So I went to double check. But I was just... I, I was going improv on that. <laughs> it's not Joe Rogan. It's Seth Rogan. And if it were Joe Rogan, that might be a more interesting TV show. <laughs> it, it's very... It's very derivative of what you'd expect Seth Rogan to do. Right. Right, slacker guy, weed. But in this show, his character is he's in his mid forties. He's a brewmaster at a brew pub. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a divorce. Anyway, there's several that doesn't and, and you were looking for a spark for me, no, but that no spark, no spark. Let me keep going. Yeah. Um <laughs> there's this shot in the a show. A brewmaster at a brew pub? Oh boy, are they going to get into how breweries are made? Well, okay. Oh, let's go there first. There's shots of them like just doing bullshit work in the brewery. And the props they're using are real hops and real brewery. Oh like, my real god, they did yeah, some research. Or they actually used or, real or boxes they had, of hops well, they had instead some, of a prop hog. They had somebody who was, who was on their tech team who was... Who, was their advisor, and he said, "Hey, why don't you, these hops are not going to be that much more expensive than a prop? Why don't you just get them and use them? And hey, then maybe we can make a beer out of it too, and and give everybody, yeah, no, big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. No, you're being real thick well, right it's, now. No, look, it, it's like what do I love more than anything else? Physics. Do I like every fucking thing about a that has a physicist in it? Fucking no." <laughs> So, I've been, my resemblance, I, I'm not saying I look like Seth Rogen, but my resemblance has been compared a couple times. They showed a picture in the show, and it was a real... He's a schlubby 40-year-old, we all, rec- we all resemble <laughs> if, it. If only 
Well, if only a lightly doctored high school photo of this guy, and it looked like my senior photo. Sure. It was like, what the f- No, Seth Rogen's a very good analog for kind of like, a, the for guy. all of us. Yeah. Like, for, for all of us who are not like Marvel built and who are in our 40s. Like, Seth Rogen's a great analog. Like, I, I don't have a problem with Seth Rogen as a person, nor even really as a performer. Like, I get it. I, I'm kind of over it, but I get it. Like, it, I don't need to see more there was, unless there's something interesting. Let me just say one so more the, thing. Yeah, one more thing and we'll let it go. There was a scene where he works at the brew pub. He's a one quarter steak owner. And there's a guy who has 51% steak, right? He wants to do a collaboration with a Quaker Steak and Lube type place. Uh-huh. You know, like a regional gimmicky, kitschy, retro chain. Waiting for this to get interesting. And he's, well, Seth Rogen is totally like indie brewer. Like, no, I'm doing it for the beer. Who cares? I'm I'm like legit waiting for this to get, to to be something more than just a fucking romantic comedy story. Well, it's kind of like surprisingly like a lot of brewers, but it's also like me. Like, I don't like going to eat Apple Applebee's, you know, like fuck Applebee's. Like, I don't know. It was, it was. If they did a show about somebody who was a physicist but who fucking hated string theory, I was like, well, it, it, I hate that. that people, if there wasn't a good story there, I still wouldn't like it. Well, not the stories there yet. I'm just talking about one scene where well, it's like. Well, you know, you, all you're doing is you're pumping up the background, and that to me isn't very interesting. Okay. All right. Never mind. The point. Yeah, what's the story? The point was, like, 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 he's bitching about shit I bitch about. Like,. It's. I feel felt like represented for like what weird. Oh, thank God, forty year old white guys are finally represented. No, not not all forty year old white guys. The ones that the nerdy ones. Fine, forty year old liberal nerdy white guys. Okay, thank God they're finally yeah, represented. Yeah. God, there's that, that there's so little of, of of that perspective. In, I'm in not media. saying that perspective was needed. I'm saying <laughs> what I feel. <laughs> Sorry, I just I gotta attack that because come on, man, that's some fucking bullshit. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. Um. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about P. Didic numbers. Well, no. Oh, you want to talk about that? God damn it! Um, (laughs) I'm not not huge in number theory. I know what they are. I know what what piatic numbers are. Or piatic numbers. Um, Let's talk about. You, you got to get into modular arithmetic and all that kind of shit. But let's 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 go back to Seth Rogen for a bit because you just think about Seth Rogen. He he always plays the same character, and it can work in in the right circumstances. That character is a good character, right? Can you build something? You can't build too many stories around that character. That character can be a good component of some other stories, mm-hmm. but there are there aren't that many stories that can have that character as the main character and, and still be fulfilling unless you're fucking creative as fuck, which is not likely to happen. It can happen, but it's not super likely. Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate the character actors who can do more, who can take, who can, the Steve Buscemi's who can play a whole bunch of different types of roles, right? Even though they're, they're kind of weird. They're all kind of weird guys. They're all, they're different weird guys. They have different things that they do. They have different, you know, ways that they act. They're, you know, they're all they're all sort of on an angle, but they have all there's a whole prism of different ways you could play that. Whereas Seth Rogen, there's no prism. <laughs> there, there, there's a couple different. You know, there's a more anxious version, and then there's a there's a stoner version, and that's kind of it. 
You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, good. Now that's out of the way. I just wanted to explain that regarding Seth Rogen. Because again, don't hate Seth Rogen. I have enjoyed things that Seth Rogen is in. I probably will continue to enjoy things that Seth Rogen is in. Seth Rogen centered stuff, I'm very skeptical of. <laughs> that's my reason. All right. Piatic numbers. What do you want to talk about? Um, Veritasium just yes. did a thing of piatic numbers. And I think he did a decent job at. He did a great job of explaining. Exposing the concept and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Very, it's it's a, he's great at He's really great at exposing concepts. I, I got to give him tons of credit. It's a weird concept. Yeah. Basically, it's like let's flip infinite decimals the opposite way. The opposite way. Yeah. So you have solve problems with it. Right. So you have And it actually makes sense and solves problems. It makes sense because you can use them in a way that that uh um it stays the same for all of them. It's like so the the the, that's the reason why like imaginary numbers make sense because the same math applies. There's no part of imaginary numbers that doesn't make sense with the same numbers you with the same applications used on real numbers. If there was, then imaginary numbers would sort of fall apart, right? Because there's no structure there. But there is structure there, which is why imaginary numbers are so useful. The exact, in fact, the exact same operations used on reals can be used on imaginary numbers and on uh, complex numbers, which are imaginary plus, you know, mm. plus real. So yeah, p-adic numbers. The reason why they're interesting and useful is because there's operations you can do on them that make sense for all of them. And that are consistent. So, and, and for people and listening, that, and a piatic, back, yeah. So, like when you, what's a good example? When you divide two numbers and they don't divide out equally, your calculator is going to say like nine 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 nine. That's a dot, dot nine 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 nine. So that's a, that's a sort of different than a piatic number. Well, I'm trying to work into okay. it. Okay, all right, never mind. Uh, but you can correct me in a moment, but. Don't don't judge me just on that. I won't. So that's going to the right of the decimal point where it's infinite mm-hmm. and it's almost one. It's almost one more than the answer. Well, okay, now I need to correct you because if something is like 0.9999 repeating mm-hmm. is one. I was going to get there. But when you read it, it's almost it, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you When you're looking at it and, and when you have a more naive concept of math, which we all do. When we start, well, it seems like it's one. It seems like it's, it's slightly less than. It one. It seems like one. It's one infinitesimal less than yes, one. Yes, it seems like that. That that's what it should mean, because that's the way that you're sort of taught. Right. It's an infinite, yeah. infinitesimal less than one right. is point nine 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 yeah, nine yeah, yeah, nine yeah. nine nine bar. Right. Exactly. But it's not. And, and then, in the Veritasium, he ta- he does some math examples showing that these repeating decimals that are nines. You can do crazy equation math to show that they're equal to one. Well, he does the very he does actually the simplest example, which is you multiply point to, nine to nine a times. human brain. It's crazy that you're taking a infinite series of nines and saying that's literally equal to one. So let me ex- explain for those who haven't seen it what what he does. He takes point nine nine repeating, and he multiplies that by nine, and you get nine point nine nine repeating. And because repeating is infinite, it's infinite in both of them. Mm-hmm. And then you subtract one from the other and you get one. Right. 
and or you get nine rather, and then you divide that by nine, you get one. So clearly, so in, from that example, and that's like I said, probably one of the simplest ones. There are plenty of other ones. My favorite simple one is what's one third? What's one third? What's one third? In decimal. In decimal, it's a uh, zero point three 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 repeating. Two thirds. Six 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 repeating. Three thirds. One. Or. Point nine 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 repeating. Oh, if you multiply it out, oh, <laughs> look at you, yeah. big brain, Greg. Uh huh. That's my favorite of the simple examples. That's right? a good one. Yeah. Um. So this is so that that's so go ahead. So that I just wanted to interrupt you on so, that. Point. So if you know, and so I'm fuck. I am probably have not painted the right picture for the people listening, but from my exposure, yeah. you know, yeah. like okay, so from the right side, it's it's you know, you get these repeating one third, two thirds, three thirds is a great way to think about it. It's simple enough that people can get their head around it they can understand that there's one third is like so indeterminate that that it doesn't go up or down one tick each each way you examine it a little bit closer it's still right in the middle could go up Mm -hmm. or down Mm -hmm. so when you get to three thirds and do this math that shows that it definitely goes up the tick and gets you a whole number that's something so piatic numbers yeah, yeah. takes it the other way on the left side of the decimal point into the infinities of millions, billions, trillions, right. quadrillions. But, but I, I, we should say an abstract on the left, because this is not a number that ends. Like, for right. example, Graham's number actually does end in a seven. We know it does. We have no idea how fucking long the, the decimals are. We, I don't know. We can really express. You mean the leftmost digit is seven? Yeah, we know that. We know it ends in a seven. And that's the thing about Graham's number is it's a huge number, but we actually know it. It's not infinite. I knew we knew it wasn't infinite. But we know it ends in a seven. That's curious to me how you know that the last I, I don't know. I don't know no fucking number. Not, I don't know if nobody really know that. Out. I just know that's a, like one of those facts that, it, that you know. I don't know why we know that the, that the last number is seven, but we do. We know the last number in Graham's number is fucking seven. That's crazy. I want to ask more questions. Oh, no, actually, we, we know the last number in the in the upper bound of Graham's number is seven because Graham's number oh. could be between twelve and this <clears throat> upper bound. We know the last number of this upper bound is a seven. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So, bound, so chaotic numbers is basically taking those repeated decimals to the right, but putting them the other way. On the, so you have an infinite number that's huge, but it repeats a lot. But and but when you use this number, you're not when you do it from 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 the other side. You're not actually. It's still an infinite number, so it's still infinite. You're you're very abstractly moving to the. It's not the end. It's just a point on the representation that you could look at. I just want to make that clear because sure. if if we if we like, because you could do point nine 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 repeating, you could go to the end and put that on the other way, but you're not actually at the end because it doesn't actually end. Uh, and one of the, so, I'm not sure which concept I wanted to, to to dive into first, 
the point, uh, I think what I want to dive into first is that you have this infinitely long number that has a repeating sequence to it. And you can use it in equations where you can cancel that out. So you actually get a one or a zero or something, and it solves these equations. Yeah. And it works like an inverse thing in a lot of cases where it is like, it's almost like one over something. It's, it's that's, how, of, that's not what Derek said. That's how I interpret I, it. I, I think that, that, that that's a good way to think about it because getting a concept of the inverse of operations is really important to understand some of these more complicated um, mathematical things like one of I didn't understand logarithms until it was shown to me that they were the inverse of exponentials and then it made a lot more fucking sense but before then I was like what the what is it I don't even understand what this operation yeah. is what is it doing so when I was watching Piatics I felt inversed mm-hmm. I felt like okay it's this weird thing that is Repeating decimals, but to the left. Right. And while it doesn't make sense on its own, it solves problems. It, right? it solves problems because, like I said at the very beginning of this conversation, they everything works consistently when you do it with, with these numbers. That, then when you want your piatics to make sense, you can't use base 10. Yes, you have, you to, have to use, use a, a prime, base prime. You have to use a base prime, which is why they're p attic as opposed to like ten attic or five attic. Or yeah. yeah. So in the veritasium, you started with ten attics to mm-hmm. to to explain the concept, and then he basically just focused on prime three numbers. Yeah. To kind of prove out the concept. But the reason you can't use primes has to do with the fact that they're composite numbers, and so you can. Because divisibility is a part of the functionality of p addicts. If there's a divisibility, then they kind of lose their their usefulness. They, mm-hmm. they actually lose those properties, which make them as p addicts. It gets, it gets obfuscated yeah. because it's not ter- it's not determined because right. it could be multiple things. I, I do think at the fundamental level, p p addicts are very sort of interesting. But again, I'm not a number theorist. I don't really know. Very much beyond what Veritasium said about Piat. Like he covered most of what I knew about Piat. I'm trying to think of anything that was like maybe that I knew slightly, and I don't know. It was, it was a long a, video. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was one video. of his more dense videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what to me the interesting part is where it comes into the idea of convergent and divergent series. So okay. When you're doing, let's say, like, when you're doing some sort of calculation, if something, it, okay, let's do, uh, if you're doing something where there's a square root involved, you could have it be negative and positive, right? So, like, there's two sort of ways it can go. And if it completely, if, if those two things diverge and you don't actually have an answer to your to your question, but if they converge on a single answer, then you're much more likely to see, okay, these are moving towards an answer as I keep expanding them out. The whole point of something called Taylor expansion is, is a big thing in calculus, which is you take this you take this way of, of like doing a division like for pi 22 by 7, and you make a more fine-grained version of that, and a more fine-grained version of that, and a more fine-grained version of that. And 
they all converge upon a number. That number, in that case, happens to be pi. Um, but if they diverge, then you don't have an answer. The classic example of something that diverges is the square root of x. I'm sorry. Sorry. One divided by x. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a fraction. It's the smallest fraction of each denominator. As you go from one to closer to zero, one over point. No, well, as the as the denominator gets bigger, the the slice gets smaller. So, like again, this is one over x. So as right. x goes as towards, x approaches infinity, it gets infinity gets it gets smaller. Huge, yeah. One over a tiny number is a huge number. Oh, you're going the other way. I'm thinking of like one over. I'm thinking one over whole numbers, not yeah, one yeah, over no, decimals. Think, think about decimals. So like one over two is a half. One over one is one. Well, sure. One over one over oh, three is a third. Well, talking, one over well, two is a half. One over one is one. One over point nine is even higher. One over point five is two. One over. All right. right. So like, well, well, so well, it, hold on. What's one over a half? What's that? What's one over one over two? Two. What's one over right. one over three? Three, I think. Yes. All right, but you okay. as as All the right. numbers get smaller, one over gets huge. Yeah. Okay. And as you get closer to zero, that becomes infinite. Yeah. So now the okay. So quick question. Yeah. You, I believe you misspoke a moment ago. And it's definitely possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> what you were saying is aligned with what I was expecting you to say, and then you said the opposite. You okay. said. You know, anyway. Um, what did I say? What did I say? No, I lost it. Okay, that's fine. Um, what okay. I meant to one say over, one over whole numbers over integer, one over an integer that is positive shrinks rapidly. Yes. And it gets infinitely small. Mm-hmm. Or one, one, one over a real number. Is and even, then is when you better. say one over a number less than one between one and zero. When you take that space uh-huh. between one and zero and put that in the denominator of a fraction over oh, one. Wait a minute. One over 1.5 is still oh, less one. than one over one. Yes. You're talking about numbers getting bigger, not smaller. But I'm saying that just because, like, I'm not saying that they it only happens as sure. a number. The ratio balances at one over one. Yes. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> one over one is one over one. That's, that's, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of talking about. You're, what, what you're is, kind I, of talking I, about two different phenomena. Well, no, I, I, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not specifying integers. It does, integers. I'm, I'm talking about real numbers. Okay, I'm totally lost. I thought you were talking about numbers less than one. Well, no, I'm talking about bottom, all numbers. Taking it to infinite. I'm talking about all numbers. One over x, where x is a real number. Okay. Okay. Where x is a real number, right? And there's a pivot point at one over one. There's not a pivot point at one over one. Well, there, there's there's a, a a huge escalation, a huge, but, per, but but it but it's it is, hyperbolic either it, way, right? I mean, one over three to one over two to one over one, it's it's very it's a very small gradient it, it, in terms of 
like in, in terms of the the maybe the I don't power know the definition of, the of hyperbola, but well, it the, seems hyperbolic to me. Well, hold on. So the, the the important thing is that it's a gradient and it's continuous. One over a hundred to one over five to one over one to one over half. It's all one continuous thing. It just even though the gradient changes, the slope changes. It's still there's no discontinuity. It's smooth, okay. right? And if you go from the opposite side, what's one over negative two? So Wait, here's, they, here's here's where I'm being totally vulnerable. I'm not sure I've ever actually grokked like negative square roots and things like that. I'm not asking for square root. But but a negative one over negative denominator. What's that mean? It means it's negative. It's, it's it, it. You can just the way you can think about it is just negative one times the positive version. So, so one over negative two. Negative one half is negative one times one over two. Right. So it's negative one half. One over minus three is negative one third. One over minus one is negative one. One over minus a half. Is negative two. So as you're approaching zero on the positive side, you get infinite positive. As you're approaching zero on the negative side, you get infinite negative. Mm -hmm. Diverging. What happens at zero? What happens at zero? Well, it's a Singularity, right? You get an infinite number on the other side. It's a completely divergent series. We don't have an answer for what happens to zero. Oh, I see. You're you're saying that you can map the left side and the right side of the function, but you can't map. You, you can't. There's a discontinuity. You can't, you can't connect them. There's something like you know. You point out that the the slope really rises when you get to one over one, but you can still connect it. You can still make a smooth thing onto it. But once you get to one over zero. You're outside of what numbers do. There's no answer. That is where numbers become really interesting to me. That understanding of there's a very specific way in which this actually, there are rules here, and then the rules are fucking violated. <laughs> what do we do? That's the heart of some of the. Right? I mean, well, well, I mean, the thing is, that's the heart of some of the biggest questions in physics. What's at the center of a black hole? That's a singularity. That's a singularity in the same way that, in the exact same way that one divided by zero is a singularity. In mm -hmm. that, there, it's not something that exists. It's something that we can't, we don't have an answer for. It's something that does not make sense with, even when we combine everything that we know. It's undefined. There's no answer. That's why singularities are interesting. Not because they're real. Not the people say there's a singularity at the center of a black hole. No, there's fuck all that we understand at the center of a black hole. That's why it's interesting. Labeling it a singularity and thinking that's a thing is one of the worst things that pop sci has done for right. understanding physics, as far as I'm concerned. Because just... the whole point is that it's an unknown. Right. It... It's it's a fancy word for unknown, but pop science has turned it into a thing. 
has turned it into I think we can we can in some ways define or accept. I I think it's more like I, I can I mean, accept that so, I don't understand it, right, but, right. I, but but you're but not defining content. it as okay. the problem. But you're not content, right? You, it's like okay, we have to call this singularity. Well, no, no. Like if I don't understand a bit about something, but I can still define it. I, I can be sort of you know content with, but but it's not contentness necessarily. The 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 whole problem with singularities is is their indefiniteness. Like yeah. that is that well, is their definition is there is that they can't be defined. So any way in which you define it has to be wrong because it's it's anchored in something right. that doesn't actually I mean, apply. I think my point is that maybe it's hubris, maybe it's not, but we feel that with enough knowledge and intelligence, we can model everything. Yeah. And it feels singularities are not yet modeled. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's a reasonable assumption. It's something that that uh, God way back. I think Leibniz was was the person who came up with the principle of sufficient reason. Everything has a justification. It has to. There has to be some justification, even if we don't understand it. There has to be a reason that is potentially understandable. Should we have a vast enough knowledge? Right. That that's mm-hmm. a very reasonable assumption to make. It can't be shown to be true. In in some sense, I think it's more axiomatic than it's necessarily true. So okay, so let's let's explore this, right? Where with observation, things should be able to be understandable. But when we get into things like black hole singularities, we can't we can't observe them anyway, so they're unobservable yeah. with anything that you and I can think of, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't, yeah, exactly. We can't even come up with a way in which they could be even, in, in which there's even, they, they, they could hypothetically observe. Right. But then we have this hubris of, oh, we figured out so much stuff that there has to be somebody, somewhere, right. sometime, if we understood has enough, to be able to, if we understood it. enough math, if, if, if we got far enough, we could get there. So I guess the question that I'm posing back right now is, do exactly. we live in a universe that is unobservable, like that is ununderstandable? If like, I had to put that, my money that down, that there is no, if we became, if we gained omniscience, and this is this is fuzzy around every fucking edge. Yes. I understand that, yeah. but if we gained omniscience, the universe is still not understandable. The problem being with that is that I think that. By that definition, omniscience couldn't you couldn't gain omniscience, right? Because if you could, you then then by definition you would yeah. understand it. So okay, oh, right. I'm not arguing with you. I'm if just, we I'm could just understand everything that is physically observable, then that would be equal to omniscience. But there may be things in the universe that are not physically observable. And I and I, if I were to put my money on it, I would agree with the second. That no, just because you can physically observe something does not mean you are. You feel every possible thing does not mean you have actual omniscience, because there are things that can't be answered. That's you know, it's it's so the humbling thought. It's so humbling because you know all of the discovery that humans have made. We can do crazy and amazing things, and none of that, none of the fact that it is to some, I don't know, global extent 
impossible to understand everything takes away from everything that we've done. Mm-hmm. It it just it, if anything, what relativity tells us is that the global perspective is kind of meaningless anyway. Relativity is all about the fact that your perspective is going to be the 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 one that you measure against. So everything else is your stationary. Everything else is moving. Your your you're the focus and everything else is in is is in sort of flux. There is no absolute of everything. That doesn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. There is you and you're in flux and there's everything around you that's even in more flux. And there's just there's correlations without correlata. Right? There's just there's just a bunch of kind of fuzzy connections out there. And they get fuzzier the further away you are. And there is no defining it. Because it actually, at least by our understanding of the universe, we can prove that you can't. Mm -hmm. And is it humbling or is it powerful to be able to recognize that? Snakes don't understand that. I know. Fucking ferrets don't understand that. So, so my gut is part of my. There might be nothing else in the universe that understands that. There might be, probably not, but there might be. So you know, we've talked about our philosophies in mm-hmm. reality a lot, and part of my optimistic faith around this whole thing in an atheistic agnostic way Mm -hmm. is that there is order to the whole thing, right? That it is understandable. Mm -hmm. So hearing that it is not understandable and not in order, that is, that's, I think you're taking the wrong thing from this. Okay. Because it's not that it's not in order. Plenty of stuff's in order. Mm-hmm. The universe, if, if it wasn't in order, it wouldn't be able to describe anything. There's plenty of order. Right. Can we describe everything completely? No. Is there stuff that we can describe asymptotically towards completely? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Back to what I was starting to say, and I'll take into account what you just said. Is that part of where I got my comfort from mm-hmm. was that we have the machinery in our brains to understand this environment that we live in. Well, just a brief aside there. <clears throat> we don't. We have the machinery in mathematics and none of us no one knows every piece of mathematics so we can connect other people's observations and connections well, I meant we as a sum total a, okay and I just want to make point out that no one there, there ain't no one who knows everything and yeah. there can't I meant a sum total much. of yeah. humanity mm-hmm. has the facilities to understand their environment yeah more That's, than more than anything else that we've ever as far as we can tell observed that is where i find my comfort so when you when we talk about things where the universe is ununderstandable 
look that that chips away at like where I had anchored my my comfort, you know. Humans are fucking badass. Like we're not the greatest thing to have happened to the world. Like we're not like poetry. No, we're probably fucking awful for the world. We're fucking actually. awful for the world. But in terms like but in in the same way that like a a fucking pit viper is badass. <laughs> Right? It involves this crazy venom that can kill me. It has these heat pits. I mean, come on. Fucking pit vipers are awesome. Humans are way more badass than pit vipers. Like, what the f- these, these things, like, in, in the course of a couple hundred thousand years, have completely transformed the, the fucking planet. The planet is huge compared to these little tiny mm-hmm. doofuses. Like, there's nothing that's come close to... That kind of change over that kind of time period. Come on. Humans are fucking bad at it. it humans are broken. Like, if you're playing a game, <laughs> humans would be, like, just, like, the broken version. Like, the, the Madden that you you tell your player, you tell your, your friend, you can't play fucking humans. You fucking, are you kidding me? Of course you're going to win if you play humans. They're broken. They broke the game. I think in some ways it's something to be proud of. In some ways it's something to be very interested in. Even more so to me, it's really interesting. That we are the only species, as far as we know, has gone that far to be like, hmm, this is really interesting. And we also say it about other things, right? But we also say to ourselves, we're interesting. Spiders are interesting. Chameleons are like, you know. Mm-hmm. But that we are, as far as we can tell, the only thing that's ever like done that sort of examination is also really cool and really interesting. There's a weird thing where does that get into pride or is that just... All right. So here's something I want to bring up, right? I am... But I I just want to... Before you just point Mm -hmm. that out, I just want to say that that doesn't mean that there there aren't other crazy interesting things that have nothing to do with humans or nothing to do with Earth. Right. So so that whole comfort in my not... In in our existence, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that... Like I, I am excited to see what humanity achieves. Yeah. Right. All that stuff. So I'm more excited to see what our descendants achieve. Ooh, I just kind of glumped them all in immunity, but if it goes into some other kind of species, that speciations or fun. machinery. Ooh. Okay. That that sounds passionless, but okay. Uh, uh, well, we can talk about that, but yeah, no, like, <clears throat> well, I don't know why. All right. It's just different material. In, in a moment, though. Yeah. There's a difference between things we haven't yet figured out mm-hmm. when we get extinguished and things we physically can't figure out. Like I have a warmer feeling about things we haven't yet figured out versus things like on the other side of the wall that will never be known. Okay. Well, let me bring this back. Do you think that at some point we're going to figure out what one divided by zero is? Oof. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, does a, that does that ruin mathematics for you? Does that ruin humanity for you? It well to answer your question, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The pause is on why. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm not suggesting that you have to have an answer. Mm-hmm. I'm just posing the question because I think yeah, no, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> 
a real good question because there's unknowns that you take for granted. But is there like the philosophy behind the undetermined? Like this is undetermined. We know very well why this is undetermined. Mm -hmm. And other things like we, we just don't know. Well, we know very well that it doesn't behave. So yeah. it's undetermined. We don't know. I mean, we, we know that everything else behaves. So we can say that we know why it doesn't behave. But that's not necessarily saying that we know why it, mm. it yeah. actually why it doesn't behave. Hmm. Uh, thank you for the question. It's a good one. It, it sets a lot of perspective. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I think it. the best questions should you, you shouldn't have an immediate answer to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... They're good. Yeah. And and just for the record for everyone listening, I am long past the point of having this like satisfaction of knowing all the answers mm -hmm. when I'm no longer here. Like some of the some of you may remember way back before I was ready to call myself an atheist mm -hmm. of like, you know, it'd be sure it would be swell to have this moment of omniscience when I pass. It definitely would be. <laughs> it'd be amazing, right? Hell yeah. Um and then like I don't care after that. Like give me that moment of omniscience and let me just go. Go away. <laughs> no, I mean on some level I can't disagree with that's, that. That's that's the heaven I want. Yeah. You know, that's the heaven I want. I don't you get, want you get everything. You get everything. Why would you need to spend the eternity with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no that's totally the heaven i yeah. want um you know and you know when you when that's what you want knowing that i'm going to be gone in another 35 years or something it's it hurts because you're not gonna because you know you're not gonna get it. yeah yeah you know that that's it's an unreachable goal and no matter how hard you try there's no way you can reach that's disappointing, if nothing else. Yeah. But it's also, it can also be something that people run from. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if it can be something that people are afraid of, uh, and it can be something that, that it could also be something that people take pride in. Like I mean, who knows, right? But I think that a lot of people who are who were on, on the path, that, you know, who were who were where you were, a lot of them, some of them keep going to down the, the, the point of just being afraid of it, running away from it. And then usually that leads to people going into one uh, religion. Now I'm not saying that people can't do religion because of other reasons uh, or, you know, completely reasonable things that I won't necessarily agree with, but that totally makes sense that they, you know, explain it logically. I'm not trying to in, insult people's religion at all, because if anything, Mathematics is crazier than, than any fucking religion out there. So come on, let's let's be real here. But uh, I my my point is that there is you, you get to that. I think that that's a that's a common thing that people get to, and then where they go from that defines how they you know how they continue their their thinking as they continue. Mm -hmm. And you can be swayed in either way at certain times. Like I, I'm not opposed to aliens existing or to aliens visiting us. But goddamn, all this UFO shit is such bullshit. Come on, just give us some real evidence. Like, 
Yeah, like, I mean, show us a non-grainy picture, right? <laughs> Give us a ship. Show us a fucking ship. I'll believe in, the fuck interview? out of you. How about an interview, you know? <laughs> yeah, show us something that we can test. I would love for there to be aliens. Are you kidding me? It would be amazing. But come on. How often am I going to be wrong if I say that's bullshit? <laughs> it's not because I'm smarter than anybody else or more clever than anybody else. It's because I know that the fucking... If you're, if you're running a roulette table, <laughs> the person who's playing roulette is going to lose almost all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Extraordinary claims and the extraordinary yeah. evidence, and like having some whistleblower talking about NASA doing UFOs. And and what what are you what are you relying on? That he is in a respected position and that he got good performance reviews. It's not like the Pentagon is some kind of like That's trial by fire that people have to do in order to. It's a fucking glorified the, the office same, building. The same story just happened with AI, right? Some guy from OpenAI who worked at Google yeah. is saying that SGI is going to kill us all. Right. And it's just, why is this guy. Why do you should you listen to what this guy says? Oh, because people respect him and people and, and he got really good performance reviews and he was at Google. And if you're at Google, you have to be you have to know what you're talking about, right? The AI shit is in some ways less fantastic than the UFO shit, just because of physics reasons. But the AI, I mean, I'm not an I I'm so much closer to an expert in physics than I am in AI that anything that I bring up in AI is is much more opinion based and much more like my opinion based on what I understand as opposed to I know this is fucking wrong, which is the way like I took like physics and FDL and shit like that. I know exactly why you can't do FDL. Like, I know four ways to describe it in, in completely different mathematical <laughs> reasons why you can't do FDL. It's fucking impossible i have a pretty good inkling why you can't actually do agi or not let me put this way you could but it would take the same amount of work that you do to put into a human child yes agi is artificial general, general intelligence. intelligence and i, and don't I, think I mentioned hum- sgi yeah. earlier it was yeah. like artificial super right. intelligence so, so I, I do want to make the point that i don't think that natural general intelligence exists i don't we we consider ourselves general intelligence no we we're specialized intelligence we have a couple of things we're pretty good at pattern recognition uh is one of our it's, we're, we're fucking fantastic at pattern recognition we're like pattern I mean, recognition just look at the fucking clouds man yeah um we're, we're over good at it we're way too good at it such that we see it everywhere um but, I, I think I told you the story before, like times where I've gone hunting with mm-hmm. my parent, my dad, right? And you, you, for the first day of deer season, you get out into the woods in the dark. So you're sitting there looking at trees while the sun comes up. And as over those hours in the morning, you start seeing things out in the trees. You yeah. start, I, I drew this whole cobblestone house with a backyard and a swing set and everything. Just looking at trees. It's amazing what the the that part of your brain that recognizes pattern just does to what you think is reality, which is your vision. 
which is not reality at all. Do you know, understand how it's so funny how angry Damien got at me when I explained to him why colors are not real. <laughs> when I, when I finally showed him, you know, definitive evidence, the colors are all in his brain and they, they're not an actual physical. Thing. Uh-huh. And he, He's still. He has three different cones that measure amplitude at certain wavelengths, and, and combining those together in your brain you makes color. You can combine them in a way that is exactly the same as an individual wavelength. So you can't necessarily say that this wavelength is what produces this light because this orange can be produced by this combination of this red and this yellow exactly the same way. It does the same thing in your eye, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, because you you get with the perception of oh well no light you know there's electromagnetic energy and that's real. And there's a specific wavelength. That's what color is. And you realize, well, no. Color is not wavelength. It's what your brain interprets based and on what it sees. And you can you can What do, your brain interprets based on a sensor that evolved out right. of randomness. Well, not only that, <laughs> evolved on fucking Earth. Right? There's yeah. a reason why why the uh the the the, the visible <laughs> The the colors that we are really best at looking at is the same kind of are exactly the same colors that are common bouncing off of things on Earth. Right. Fancy that. Right. Also, <laughs> like, also colors that we're more likely to keep our genes out of the gene pool, you know, so like differentiating inconsequential colors. Well, that, well that, that's the that, that's the other, that's the even weirder thing is that no color is really not important. <laughs> like our brains don't really care about color that much, but they, they but care diff- about contrast way sure, more in motion. Color. Yeah. Yeah. But like differentiating. So Brown is an interesting color, right? Very because, interesting. Right. So, because but it, it, cause you can't, there's no wavelength for it. It's a lot like uh violet is, is similar color. There's right. no wavelength for it. It's a combination but, of but, two, two different stimuli. So I don't know this. I would presume that we have less fidelity in shades of brown than in some other shade well, where we have high. I think the thing is that we actually, as things start to get less brown, they either turn more red or more yellow Okay. to us. So it's not that there is less fidelity. It's that we just define the categorization yeah. differently. So we define the brown smaller, the area of brown that we define the area of, okay, this is actually moving more towards maroon or this is moving more towards like. I mean, so, okay. With evolutionary pressure, Right. There's there's always something. So I would have to say, oh, here's my here's my supposition. Uh-huh. There is a part of the visual light spectrum that is less predatory than other parts of the visual light spectrum. And we don't differentiate the less predatory parts as much. OK, why? Why do you believe that? I would, why is that your supposition? What, what, what makes you believe that? Um, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I what would, makes you suppose that? Okay. What makes I, you suppose I that? would suppose that because there's probably things we can see. There are things we can see, but aren't as important to survival. It's not like we can only see the things that are necessary for us to pass our genes on. Yeah. I would okay. suspect that the things that are more important to survival, which are things that are what are the things that are most likely to prevent us from passing our genes on? Predatory things. So I would think we would have better fidelity in color differentiation and other things on things that are ready to eat our ass than things that aren't. What would you expect if that were true? 
I don't. I haven't gone that far. This is this is where the science you know the science meets supposition, right? So, I think that what you might expect is that predators would have better color vision than prey. Well, it makes sense why we're more motion focused than color focused. Mm-hmm. But I believe the humans are more predatory than they are prey to most animals. Certainly, we've we've evolved in our time. We're we're still. Scared of snakes that can you know, kill us. We're still scared of lions, mm-hmm. but most things. I think if you go back in a big enough picture, we are closer to grazers and omnivores than we are to predators. But we've evolved more along the predatory path. I think you. you like, we're certainly large enough not okay. to be concerned with maybe most not a predatory path. Maybe a. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, Shit. I'm, I'm dancing around this word I'm trying to think of. It's uh, op- opportunistic. Like, well, like, it, it's something like opportunistic. Let me like, ask you about this. Is more, the blue whale a predator? No, it's a grazer. Is a predator? Is it a, I mean, it, it doesn't prey on other large things. It, it, it it, graze. it grazes mm-hmm. on, from its point of view, a non-moving, nearly infinite. It's a crop. Resource, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's grazing on a crop. Right. Now, if you were a krill, which is not a plant, in most cases, mm-hmm. would you mm-hmm. think Do of you the whale as the, a predator? Uh, you see, the whale as the end. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think you it's it, it's totally different than being it, it, a like, rabbit. It, it, in it's, a, it's more like a fucking black hole is coming to consume your it's world. Totally, yeah. I, I think it's totally yeah. different than a rabbit and a fox. Sure, sure, I get that. So and 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 you would probably say like maybe humans are more along that. So like rabbits area. are have evolutionary traits to avoid predators. Do krill? I don't. So okay, do should that mean if whales are are whales kind of like then in the sort of the same area as humans? Would you say? I mean, they don't, then again, they don't have to care about predators, right? They're they too big. They don't care about predators. They graze. They graze. They totally yeah. graze. They're okay. I don't. What about I wouldn't, dogs? Where do dogs fit on this? Dogs are totally predators. But they, they also can be predated by larger things. Surely, hardly not. Like that's such a. What rare... about like hyenas? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying. No, I, I don't. I, I don't see it. I don't the, see them overlapping in the same. Predation. The reason I'm asking is because this is all back to vision, and I want to try to match human scope of vision with other things. Because I think that if 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 there was something to this concept, then you would expect evolutionarily that the same sort of vision would evolve in similar scenarios, right? If, if evolution was contriving vision to be good for the kind of things that humans are, then you would look for other places, other animals that are in the kind of space that humans are and see if their vision is similar. I don't think there's any place. I think outside of primates, I don't know if there's any place that are like, well, don't think about humans as, as think about humans before language developed. I right? think about humans as they were even closer to primates. Right. So think about think about primates. Is there anything else that you might think about in, in the history of life that 
occupies a similar niche to what primates would occupy. I think primates are... See, I see it, without putting more thought into it, as being motion-spooked like a grazer, uh-huh. but then having color fidelity to fine fruits. Now, I'm pretty sure that most primates don't have nearly as good eyes as we do. And they're closest to us, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know for sure. I do know that things like dogs don't have great eyes. They they smell more than anything else. Um, eyes are really important to us. If eyes were super important to predators, you'd expect all predators to have great eyes. Lots of predators don't have great eyes. Some predators have fantastic fantastic eyes praying mantis uh it's particularly in, among arthropods like the praying mm. mantis uh, uh the uh pistol shrimp like these they have these ridiculously complex raptors eyes. have raptors yeah like they have you know bird eyes mm-hmm. uh they're, they're they're good birds can detect certain things that we can't um but not all of them Sharks are great predators. They don't really have good eyes at all. They have other senses to to keep up, but they don't have good eyes. We evolved. Sharks sharks are weird, right? Because I'm I'm not trying to shit on sharks. Um, (laughs) Sharks are really weird. Sharks are less related to us than uh, bony, than other, than bony fish. Like, we are closer. But, we're but more sharks, closely related to a trout than we are a shark. Sharks considerably. Are, sharks are have this weird. Sure, they're predators, but they have this weird scavenger part to them. Like they're like this odd weighting of scavenger. They're more vultures than than f- wolves. Well, you know, they're but because because that's because they're they're very. The thing is that the 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 shark kind of plan as far as we can tell has evolved several times over the course of 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 life like that that predatory plant like sharks are not i mean they're unique in terms of th- this cartilaginous fish turned into the, this thing but there, there's there's a thing in, in evolution that about crabs where all types of of creatures that are even close to it are sort of there seems to be like a, a magnet in evolution towards the crab form. Crab seems to be like a really successful form. So you have a lot of things like doing movie towards it. Shark is one of those like very successful forms that have worked uh, a lot. So it's, it, it, even though it's weird and alien to us, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very over the course of life on earth. It's been a very successful strategy. Yeah. I, I mean, what I was, I think I was, what I was saying is, you know, they don't necessarily predate they more so just eat what's in front of them. No, that's not true at all. I mean, that's why they come from miles when they smell. When blood. something's bloody, because it's mm-hmm. already practically dead. You know, they're more of a scavenger than a predator. I think that that's what the best scavengers are. Like the the, the biggest lion's pride, they don't necessarily go after the biggest uh, uh, giraffe. They go after the babies. You go after the sure. easy prey, but they're not eating the ones that. They're rotten and bleeding all over the savanna. They're well, no, because the ocean sharks, is a, the ocean is a much do. is a much different place than than land. Like a three D, it's a yeah. it's a much I, much. I more, get it. So they have to use the cues that they have, and blood is a great cue. Uh-huh. I 
Dale I'm sticking with that they're that, more that doesn't of a mean scavenger. they don't hunt because we've actually seen totally seen dolphins that. hunt sharks scavenge no sharks shark, scavenging has been is a very good tool but it's not the only tool that they have in there they can hunt if they need to they're not great at it but they can do it and they and we have seen them do it they bite at things. They bite at shadows and they scavenge. Yeah, no, like I said, they're not great at it. They're yeah, great yeah. at scavenging. So, like, I still don't call a shark a hunter. A dolphin? Fucking. And an orca? Badass. What, what about a fucking pistol shrimp? What about an octopus? Hunter. What about a. Uh, octopus? A hunter. barracuda? I don't know much about barracuda. I assume barracuda is a hunter. I don't know. Octopus? Hunter? Pistol shrimp? Hunter. What about a tuna? I don't know if I know enough. I would think they go after shoals of fish. Great, maybe but that's not, a grazer, no, but no. not dead fish or dying fish. They go after fucking live fish. Depends how dense your medium is, and if you're krill or shoals of fish, maybe it's more of a grazer. I don't know. I mean, it it, it definitely is is looking for these big populations. Yeah, but and if you're start if you're doing things to condense them into a bait ball. Then, then make they you're do. a hunter. You're yeah. a hunter. If you if you make a bait ball, you're a hunter. Well, not only that, but it, it, the 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 really cool thing about it, and at least again, I'm not a biologist, so I'm I'm, just, I'm looking. I'm talking about things that I, that I learned from like planet Earth. So I'm not. So I I can't say whether it's mm-hmm. super true. But they show that like a lot of species participate in this in this thing. Like it's it's a lot of different confluences together, and then when it starts, it's kind of like a ball rolls. You know, it's rolling down the hill. The everything helps out because it's it, it, not necessarily because they're recognizing that it's helping out, but it has evolved to the situation mm-hmm. where yeah. that's what works. I mean, maybe the dolphins make the bait ball and the tuna just kind of zip through and take a bite. You know, that kind I mean, of thing. yeah, maybe like there's a there's a lot of confluences in there. Did you see? You mentioned Planet Earth. I love Planet Earth. I Great. love Attenborough. Fantastic. Yeah. Love it. You see an Apple TV Plus? He has a fucking show about dinosaurs. Yes. And it's filmed like a documentary. Yes. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, I I could like it. You but, know, it, I, but I, showing that's it, the thing. It's like you could do that well, but it's probably a bad idea. Showing it like a day in the dinosaur with him narrating when they're As assuming. Like, now, yeah. presumably, they're using the best science they have they are and the, and they presumably are. they're not embellishing anything for tv they're mostly not from what i understand but i just can't get into it because it feels like it's all embellishment they, it's I mean, like because they're not specifically saying they're not saying here is the research journals that say the t-rex swimming to this island no but they do actually have resources about that online that actually point to the research. Okay. So I, cause, cause I was curious and a great deal of it is assumptions because it has to be mm-hmm. assumptions based on sound reasoning, but then reenacted as fact. A lot of wildlife stuff. Planet Earth is, is really kind of the exception, but a lot of wildlife stuff, and including and even some of Planet Earth, is faked. 
right? It's done in studio or, or you know, in situations that are set up. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things that you see, some of them they manage to catch in the wild, and it's fit, fucking fantastic when it happens. But when they show you know, plants and you know situations where you you know mm-hmm. having that kind of control is 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 impossible, you know, or, or they have you know a set where something happens or, or they they you know make something happen. So if you see any of that as real, that's kind of an illusion. There's some of it that that's a lot more real than but, it might otherwise. But be. we can actually observe it in the wild and replicate it in the studio. Yes, yes. To have to, to be what, what we're accurate. replicating is things that we've seen in the wild. Right. Right. When you get to the dinosaurs. You just have to assume a lot of things based based on reasons, right? You base it on their morphology, like because we see this morphology develop other times and what that's used for, right? The the, the type of teeth they use, the type of, of of movements that they can possibly have in their skeleton, right? The way their skeleton yeah. moves, the way that but T Rex babies eating baby turtles trying to scattle to the sea, like. Some of these, they actually do have examples of of stomachs containing things. I don't know whether that's that's, yeah. whether that's true. But I only got that far. Like it was, we know turtles and T Rexes exist at the same time. Yeah, so it's it, entirely possible. It was the whole sea turtle thing, you know, and hatching a, and scattling to the sea. If you're a scavenger hunter shark thing like a T Rex, then you probably would go after little turtles. Yeah, especially when you're small. I don't know. But, like, like, just like. It's not something that we necessarily have evidence for, but if you it was you portrayed go along that line, as found footage of T Rexes eating turtles, see, and that I think just, that's a little strong. I don't think it was. It was this. Is, look at what we found, guys. No, I mean, but it was portrayed as like as fact. It, I know. I I think that the narration said we. You know, it's always like we. This could have been something that, that occurred. And they got into so much detail of showing these specific baby dinosaurs eating these specific turtles. It just I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't. I mean, I I just can't agree with you on this one. Okay. I, I I feel like I felt like I was wasting my time because I'm like just I did watching. Feel like it was wasting my time more than other nature shows. I agree with you there. I I. I didn't have as strong a reaction to it. I, I I do think that what you're saying is a point, but I also think that there is reason behind it. It's not like it's just made up Transformers cartoon bullshit, right? It, it, it's there's reasons why they put that there. There's reasons why they made those assumptions. Almost certainly, those are those are wrong in some way. More likely, they're wrong in a tiny way or, or in a small way, as opposed to really wrong in a big way. But definitely, there are things that are wrong in a big way there. I would have much, what I wanted to see, what I was hoping to see was the currents, you know, Sir David Attenborough being like, the currents. They, they got the way that, that dinosaurs, we think dinosaurs looked yeah. more right well, than anything. I'd be like, I would want the, I would want that to be the key of this show is here is how they look. Here is how they hunt. He, not this play of a scene of them hunting. Yeah. That's well, not what I wanted to see. I, I, I kind of agree with you, but then you have to think of the, well, we're going to make a show on a streaming service that we're going to advertise. But I've seen dinosaur documentaries before. No, yeah. It's like them, it's, you know, in their period. And it wasn't this, yeah. it was more so, of, here's what we think happened. Not like watch the dinosaurs eat the turtles. 
take that take that feeling you have and that uncomfortableness with what you're with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by ten, and then square it. And that's the disgust I felt at Star Trek Picard. <laughs> Oof, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. It's a good way to end, though. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> that's how, the how, how long is conversation post show has been going? I don't know. On. Two hours. Two hours, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Three, Four seconds. Hey, man. I hope you guys liked it. <laughs>